Hello, guys. It's Len. This is Len's Dem and Friends podcast, and I'm here with Erica, also known by Care underscore Rika on Instagram. Um, if you want to introduce yourself a bit. Hi. Yeah, everyone listening. My name is Erika Alcocer. I am currently residing in San Antonio, Texas, um, also known as like the land of Bayella people um, and home of the Yanawana River. And I am a LGBTQ2IA plus youth facilitator. I work with youth and um, I'm also a student at UTSA here, double majoring in Spanish Mexican American studies with a minor in sex, gender, and women's studies. I'm a jewelry designer, DJ, event producer, um, and just all over queer, non-binary, femme, human being living in this world. No, yes, yes. You do so much, and I'm so, so glad that I found you and your account and everything. Um, so what got you into um, or what made you want to be specifically a youth? like facilitator and want to get into because I know for LGBT um like the community you're a part of it correct mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah. what made you specifically want to go um and deal with like and help with the youth so something in my studies that always really inspired me was looking towards like youth revolutionary groups right like the young lords Um, looking at youth working in Mexico, Mexico City, and other parts of Latin America, and it shows how much power there is in youth, and um, as, like, a millennial, I guess that's what I would call myself in 30, (laughs) and I just kind of see our generation really trying, but we're, I don't know how much we're, like, really accomplishing, and I have a lot of faith in our youth. With all the technology, right? You know, with everything that they have. And so I am, like, have a good connection with working with youth always have and feel that, like, that is a great place to start to, like, plant those little seeds, the little semillas, and and see where that will take them. You know, if we can give them these radical revolutionary ideas of solidarity and community, like, where will that take us? Yep, 100% agree. What? is probably or what's one of the best moments you've had having that job Um, so my favorite thing about working with youth is making relationships and that always means like having tension having battles right you know if you're working with teens anyone out there who's working with teens is like they're going to challenge your authority and that is what i want we want them to do right i want them to say like hey yeah tell adults like listen to us and this is, you know, we need to listen to the youth ultimately, you know, um, and I think that I really enjoyed those moments of where we had to build and like repair relationships mm-hmm. and it just shows like how much maturity there is and how much room there is to grow. I mean, it, it really does something for you as an adult when you're working with the youth to like sit your ego down to like cut yourself down and say you know what actually like I don't know everything and I am always here to learn and I'm especially here to listen to you um it does a radical transformation within yourself 100% I agree and I think it's something very like 
I don't know if the word would be maybe pure, I guess, but like having those conversations with younger people and also being able to be like, okay, no, you're right, I guess, like that is correct. And also being able to say like, I was wrong, I'm sorry for that. And just having that Mm -hmm. communication is like everything. Adults need to do it too. Like adults. No, no. <laughs> um, so I did want to ask you, what are your pronouns? Oh, I am pronoun indifferent, which just basically means like I like all pronouns, um, not in any specific order. People usually default to she because I'm very feminine presenting, um, which I kind of just am like fine. You know, if you can't see me outside that space, that's kind of like yeah. not you know, within your ability to see how gender lives on a spectrum. So I I prefer she, they, he, the, all of them, like, to me, I think are, like, really beautiful. So if, you know, you want to pick one, mess, play with them, that's cool with me. <laughs> no, I love that. And I've, I don't think I've heard the pronoun indifferent before, but I love that because that's exactly how I feel as well. Where I just I don't really mind. It's it's whatever to me. Yeah, I think the only thing that I really don't like is when someone's like specifically like calling me ma'am or like putting me in this like woman role, and I'm like, yeah, like do you see me outside of that? Because like I view myself encompassing more than that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that happened like eight years ago where I was inspired to make jewelry. I'm a real creative person, but I think I kind of kind of lost in that. I was, like, looking for a job, looking for, you know, all of those things that socially construct, like, what makes you an adult, and I found friends that were doing it, and we decided to create, like, some sort of, um, like, to me, Desert Flower Designers is a is a co-op, right? It's, it's often just me, right? But it always mm-hmm. has that space that invites other people, other makers, because I worked on that, like, eight years ago and built a platform in built connections to vendors and markets and other things and was like creating markets with other folks. And I often have a lot of people come to me like, Hey, I'm making jewelry, but like, I don't have a name. I don't have an Instagram following. And I'm like, put yourself on my table. Let's go call yourself. Art maker of desert flower. Yeah. So that's, that's how that came along. And I still do make um, these really awesome Ojo handlets um, sold at, Chiquita Brujitas at Bruja Fest in New York and Brooklyn and have sent it out in LA and still pop up every once in a while and use it as a source. I mean, I think we all have to rely on that like other source, you know, of our creative or whatever we do. Yeah, no, I agree. And I 100% love that you make it very community based and just you're very here for other people. And I love and appreciate that so much because we need more. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I do. What got you into the Hamlet and like the the design? So that came from working with someone who was like really similarly making something like that. And I I did my research, like my art history research, you know, the academic in me. Um, and I traced it back to like a lot of. Um, cultures will adorn the top of the hand, right? Whether it's like with chain jewelry, um, but like something that really connects to my culture, um, is, um, back in the day, I, it's like, I'll see it on pages like Rukas and Veterans, but mm-hmm. the, like, mujeres would wear these, um, black bracelets and they would wrap them like in really intricate, awesome ways. 
through their middle finger and then tap it to their wrist. Um, and I saw that, and, you know, the ojo translates into, like, almost every culture. Like, you can see an yeah. eye everywhere. But in, um, you know, like, Latino-Mexicano culture, Latinx, I, you know, it's often a symbol that words off, like, evil eye, just things that, you know, aren't really coming to you in a really healthy, positive way. Yeah. Um, and I really like putting that in the middle of my hand because, like, I use my hands a lot to talk when I'm presenting, or just in general, right, you know, you're, like, always doing something with your hands, and it has really helped me, you know, with my anxiety um, to kind of make sure I'm feeling, and, like, as a bruja, brujex, um, self-identifying, like, person, I'm just, like, this is really creating, like, a little barrier for me to anything yeah. that's either intentional or non-intentional. I'm just going to, like, yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And when did you get into well i would like to think that my mom is like this one of the strongest witches i've ever met and i've always felt that she was like a witch but it's often like seen as a negative thing right like oh you know you know, we have our family members are like you're such a witch <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was witchy um and so it didn't happen until I, like, read about it, right? Like, I was doing readings and understanding, like, syncretismo and how it comes from, you know, indigenous practices that were, you know, completely conquista and colonial colonized. Yeah. Um, and I really found it liberating, right, to, like, find my magic and my power and use it to protect and to heal um, and to, you know, put a person in a jar whenever I need to, right? If, that, if it comes to that, I'm like, okay, we're going there. But um, studying brujería curanderismo for me is is something that is really revitalized and, and been a huge part of self-care for me. That's beautiful. I love that. It's something that piques my interest as well and something that, like, I'm learning about. Um, I think it's very interesting people looking in on it and thinking that it's all – negative and bad when like there's so much good that you can do with it and it can be truly so healing for some people and just like eye-opening um yeah yeah I mean in the online witch community like it's an interesting community to be part of because there is there are so many boundaries um and like yeah like it gets messy really quickly but like me I've um I've really found like myself to to connect myself with my you know, ancestors, all of them, right? Like, as being a person whose who's, uh, lineage extends to, like, Spaniards and, you're, you know, like, I'm, like, yeah. I, I want to make these amends with all these parts of myself so that I am either, like, you know, cutting away um, generational trauma and then also um, being, like, a sense of what if the practitioner, like, has been really interesting in the fact that, like, a lot of people are, like, oh, like, I, I would get even worse, like, <laughs> yeah, what, worse, yeah. like, looks, no. Hmm? What is it? Santa Muerte. I've never she heard of Oh, my gosh. She's the holy saint of death. Um, I mean, again, originates from that. It's like an indigenous concept of a, a deity and a goddess. And it's like really stigmatized because, um, you know, the narcos in Mexico really utilize her. And because she's a saint that like comes to all people, like queer folks, you know, people mm-hmm. who don't have a whole lot um, to offer and 
she just comes to anyone. And so I was practicing in Mexico and I, <laughs> the, you know, the stigma is real. And so I think that when you're doing any sort of practice like that, it's really good to, to be honest, like you're using it to heal and protect. And yes, other people do use anything, like any on, you know, anything can be used for like a negative purpose or a harmful purpose. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, there's something in your link about video visuals, and I absolutely love it. It's so beautiful. Are you planning on doing more? Um, if you guys want to see the videos that I'm talking about, there's two, and they're in her link tree, so go check them out because they're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. I haven't, like, visually produced anything in a hot minute, but... I worked for a production company a little bit. Um, shout out Arts and Labor in Austin. Um, I took a lot from that, like just seeing how you can visually create something. And I think that there do need to be more black, indigenous, and people of color, queer um, storytellers, right, that have their stories visually told. And I tried, you know, at, at that point in time to do something. And I look on back on it now and I'm like, oh, a little problematic, but still like speaks to where I was then. And it's yeah. still beautiful visually. And mm-hmm. um, I would love to like be part of anything, whether it's like design or doing like jewelry in a video. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe one day. <laughs> um, and you also have, I don't want to pronounce it wrong, but you have another at in your bio. Starts with the I, how do you pronounce it? Indigenous, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um a really awesome uh like i guess we're we're working towards being a collective of um some fierce femme women um that are looking towards like reclaiming that part of their indigenous like ancestry um the 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 mujeres that i work with they're amazing and are part of the kikapuli i believe here in san antonio and they're singers and MCs, and I'm the DJ for them. So that's, that's, um, really that's what we do here. <laughs> yeah, they're really awesome. We're, it's a project in, you know, in motion. So we're always, like, you know, we're at start and stop. But, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we have some stuff available on, on Instagram. When, Let me go check that out. I'm linking, I'm definitely linking everything in the description <laughs> for everyone to check out. What made you get into specifically, like, community, like, activism and just wanting to work with everyone and, like, helping people? Because you, you help a lot of people. Um, I will say that um, it was a process of learning things, right, of learning, um, you know, internalized isms that I was sticking to for a really long time. I had um, a partner, a former partner, who was really, like, an awesome leftist, and he kind of, like, showed me the way, and it was in a moment where, like, Black Lives Matter was uprising, everything was happening in Ferguson, I was going back to school, and I had access to all of this knowledge, and it aligned with my studies, and it just, like, broke open to me, and I am a person, Aquarius, who is, like... (laughs) very much a mindset of like I'm gonna do this I need to do something right and then like the words of the great Angela Davis 
like I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. Like I'm changing the things I no longer am accepting. And yeah. I really felt like that's what I need to do. I need to do something um, in some whatever way, shape, fashion, whether that's just like posting on my Instagram, linking people to, you know, um, other activists that are doing work and just striving towards queer, black, indigenous liberation and dismantling gender binary, um, destroying white supremacy, and, like, really taking apart these intricate and interlocked systems of oppression that people often don't pay attention to, and working with youth is one of them, doing art is one of them, um, you know, lifting up those voices of, like, undocumented folks and keeping in touch with what's going on globally, like, I, it all just, like, one thing, right, if you can try and, and get it to work in one way, right? Because if you're working towards LGBTQ2IA um, rights, like you're inherently working for like environmental and global and like anti-capitalist, right? So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. So it kind of to me just just made me feel like I always want to be working towards that and and always want to be held accountable for what I'm doing, right, and then and what spaces I'm working with, and luckily here in San Antonio, there's a lot of people doing that work um, and doing work on themselves at the same time, and so I, I was able to make myself home here and, um, you know, find a a way to start doing that, and a way that I do that here in my community is the training that I do, which is like a, it's like a gender study sexuality, but also is intersectional, shout out Kimberly Crenshaw for that framework, to bring it all together, right? <laughs> um, I do want to touch on two more things, which is let's first talk about being in Texas because there is <laughs> no, it is such a stigma for LGBT people, people of color, like living out there. There's such a stigma of like negativity and like toxic. So like hearing you and what you do for your community, like. Why? What made you like stay in Texas? Pick Texas? Like, wh- why? Yeah. Well, so I'm a Texanex. Like, I'm from here, and mm-hmm. like all my family, um, except for the other half of my family, is in Cali. Um, so, and I go between the two because, like, I love going to California, right? Like, California mm-hmm. is awesome, and um, it really is a, <laughs> a much different pace and scene than uh, Texas. But I, I don't know. I lived in Austin for a really long time, and it's like the neoliberalist like place you could possibly exist in, where everyone just like goes to brunch and is like, oh my god, I donated money to Planned Parenthood, and therefore I am an activist. Um, so it was <laughs> really frustrating, and made me seek out like community, and I found community in like. Um, Dallas Fort Worth area. I found community in El Paso and you know people do doing work in Houston. Oh my gosh, in Houston, you know that that was like a huge inspiration for me to go out there and see people doing work. Um, and I was like, I want to go home. You know, I want to go back to San Antonio. I want to go to school, finish my undergrad. And I came back here, and and like I said, I I found that community that was doing work. I found people that were were doing things that really interest me and. I think we're really powerful here in Texas, and it's because we're close to the border, right? And it's because yeah. we we try to – like, y'all is actually inclusive when we're talking, you know? <laughs> I think it's really interesting how, you know, with all, with all the history of 
Texas, you know, being one of like the last states to like uh, end segregation um, and like slavery. It was like this this place has such a violent history Mm -hmm. that I think that they're in that is also a lot of power to like take over. And I hope to see that happen, um, which is why I stay here. I don't think this will be my home forever. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have aspirations to like get to Latin America at some point because as you know as we can see if anyone watching right now like what's happening in Chile um out there in, in Colombia like they are revolting like that's where like I'm like yes tell me when we take to the streets like I'm ready right. um but like like I said I take a lot of inspiration from uh Latin America to to revolt <laughs> yeah no that's so beautiful and I think that also just goes to show that there's community literally everywhere. You just have to look for your people and for that common, like, yeah, kind of just look for your people because they're around. And so long as you're doing the work you need to and want to be doing, they'll come. That's right. True. Yeah. That. Okay. So I think that's going to be all of my questions for today. Um, thank you so, so much for doing this. Uh, everyone, make sure you check down all the links that I'm going to be putting in the description. Go support her. Amazing human being, truly. Thank you so much for doing this interview again. Um, of if course. You, if you want to shout yourself out everywhere that they can find you and everything real quick, feel free. But, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um so honored to talk about uh, what it is that I'm doing, you know, here in community in San Antonio, Texas, Texas, and uh, my name on Instagram is at gay, that's Q-U-E underscore Rica, that's three R's, I-C-A, and that's where you can find me living and posting on the gram. I also, I also wanted to tell you, I just love that name, too, because, like, that's a good name. <laughs> But, yeah, no, thank you again. Keep up the amazing work. I can't wait to talk to you again. Um, And, yeah, thank you so much, everyone, for listening.